You are now tuned in to the Essential Roundtable podcast. Listen as fraternity brothers Madrian and Joe discuss various topics pertaining to life with the intent to promote self-improvement in a multitude of aspects. We hope that you're able to find value throughout the show. Enjoy! All right. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Essential Roundtable podcast featuring your esteemed host, Madrian Lowe and Javande Williams. <laughs> I think it's the first episode we done did together in a minute. I don't even know how long. I won't say dates because I know we've been kind of sporadic with dropping episodes, but <laughs> it's been a minute since we recorded together for sure. Facts, right, it's been at least at least two months, like yeah. maybe even three. Yeah, for sure. Go ahead. I'll say it's been a minute. Yeah, I think um, I think we recorded like the first show, and then um, like after that first episode, it was just a huge pause. Life, yeah. life hit, and then I we finally got back, got back on it. So here we are once again. <laughs> And we here talking about, you know, same old stuff, productive things, things we're dealing with in life and things we're going through on our own and trying to figure out how to accomplish and tackle, man. And I think this topic today is something that probably everybody in the country can resonate with, no matter what age group you're at, no matter like where you're at in life, everybody deals with overthinking at some point in time. And I know it's something that I have like personally Suffer with a lot. So when we came up with this topic, I think it was pretty easy to, to just relate it back to ourselves and to each other because that's something that it's just easy to think about. And so I did a little bit of research. You know, we're trying to level up the Essential Roundtable podcast. And so um, some research that I found on overthinking is apparently there are five specific types of overthinking, right? So mm. the types of overthinking are they broke up in these five categories. So there's the all or nothing type of thinking where you view things as one way or another with no gray area in between. So it's kind of like they hate me if they're not talking to me one day type deal or like I'm going to get fired from my job, which sounds a lot like anxiety to me. I'm going to get fired from my job because my boss didn't like give me good feedback on my report. So that's like the first type of overthinking. Then the next type is catastrophe. 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 I can't say this word right, but <laughs> it's basically when you make a, a catastrophe out of everything, we're thinking about the worst possible outcome in every situation. Like you got a flat tire, now you're going to get hit by a bus and your car going to blow up. And if you're out of gas, like everything's just going awful in like the worst possible way. The next type of overthinking is overgeneralizing. Assuming that something will be a certain way always is based on based on very few examples of, or like a pattern of very smooth, very few instances. And so I think that one kind of speaks for itself. The next one is jumping to conclusions. Assuming that you know how something will turn out without sufficient evidence, which kind of sounds like overgeneralizing to me. And the last one is mind reading, believing that you know what someone else is thinking without sufficient evidence. So experts don't like categorize these things or put them in like certain boxes that they're not like definitive. That's why I seem like some of the categories kind of overlap, but they call overthinking um, like a, a cognitive distortion. And they also say that it kind of can lead to like stress, anxiety, or depression. And it's important to note like the difference because I think a lot of times, even I just said on here, like there's a, a kind of a link to anxiety when you think about overthinking, but it's not that 
you you may you may have anxiety and that can you overthink with your anxiety but just because you overthink doesn't mean you have anxiety if that makes sense like that distinction mm-hmm. you know what i mean so you say would you say it's kind of like a like overthinking is a way that we induce anxiety, yeah, that's, anxiety. That's, what, that's what good good health said you know what yeah. i mean that it can it can lead to anxiety if you are overthinking constantly and all the time and so those are some of the things that some of the ways in which they've kind of um, categorized it. And it's important to note that overthinking is not re- recognized as a mental health disorder, but it can lead up to anxiety, um, OCD, uh, uh, obsessive compulsive disorder, PTSD, and depression are the, the disorders that it's been kind of linked to already. So those are some of the um, ways in which the mental health society and the world thinks about it. But I guess the first question I want to pose for the topic of our conversation today is related to what are some unhealthy habits or ways in which, um, you know, you kind of deal with overthinking. So, um, and how do you cope with it? What are some unhealthy habits you have around overthinking? And I think for me, one of the big ones, I'm a, I'm probably a big all or nothing person. You know what I mean? Like I, I think a lot of times about, uh, well, if this doesn't work out. If this situation doesn't work out exactly how I have it planned in my head, and exactly how I think things are supposed to go, and it's just going to be the other way and it, it's not going to happen well or it's not going to be able to be like realized at all, which is just not a healthy way to like approach conflict and problems because, you know, that's just not realistic. I think life is more in the gray than, than probably we give credit for anything. Like most things are in the gray. You know what I mean? A lot of things are not absolute or definite. And so I think that's one of the biggest ways I deal with the biggest ways that I overthink is that all or nothing mentality and it's just not healthy. And I cope with it. Um, and we're gonna get into this later in the episode as well. I'm gonna go through what our good health says, but I deal with it primarily by, you know, uh attacking my body. <laughs> I put just gonna move my body, like physical, physical movement just really helps me with dealing with my overthinking. It kind of like puts me in a calm state and allows me to really just like focus on nothing, slow my breathing down and stuff like that. And I kicked that same question back to you. I repeat it. Illinois kind of stumbled through it the first time. So yeah, what are some um, unhealthy habits that come from your overthinking and how do you cope with them? Um, mind reading and, and jumping to conclusions, um, I feel like are what I struggle with the most. Mm-hmm. And to give like, a an example um with my my job currently um you literally like whenever you was explaining that and you was like some people with a job they supervisor could say such and such about a review and they think they're getting fired nigga that was me i was like oh shit he he's he just called me out with that one but it's that one for sure like i i swear i've been having um like minor problems you know what i'm saying like regular shit going on at work and I feel like I'd be so, so like under so much pressure because I'm like overthinking the situation. You know what I'm saying? Like nothing was ever told to me um, or nobody ever said anything to make me feel like I'm about to be fired and or whatnot. So um, it's for sure that. And I, I do like to jump to conclusions a lot. Um, I already said that the mind reading part, and that's not only with work that it could be with like friends or just you know, just random um, encounters, like 
on the street, um, I like to, I'm a big people pleaser. I found out in therapy that I'm a big people pleaser. And um, I always try to do things that I think would be um, beneficial to the other person. Um, so to be, to, to, to give an example, um, and this one, this one, this one is a, it's, it's kind of embarrassing, but it would be invulnerable. Um, there's a, there's a, a, a gym owner out here. Um, and he was, he was, um, selling me, selling some shorts and I didn't want the shorts, but he was like, Hey, like you want to buy these shorts? And I was like, in my head, I was like, man, I really don't want them shorts. Like, it's not my style. Um, but he was like, I give them to you for 10 bucks. And I was like, cool, fuck it. In my head, like, I was overthinking the situation. I was like, man, like, if I say no, like, he might not fuck with me no more. You know what I'm saying? He might not, you know, welcome, welcome me or make me feel welcome in his gym anymore when that really wasn't even the case. Um, and to give like a... I guess a remedy to that, I also learned it in therapy, is just a pause method. A lot of times whenever we are in those types of situations and we're people pleasers, we tend to, like our nervous system, it reacts like fast to, to the thing that it's used to doing. So if I'm used to um, solving this situation by making the other person happy, that's what I'm going to do. And the pause method says like that you should pause for at least 30 seconds to kind of give yourself enough time to be mindful of the situation as well as to be mindful of what you're going to respond with because like after that i was like bro like i really just said that i want these damn shorts when i really don't so yeah like walk us through that pause method uh walk us through that a little bit more what is what's that what's up with that I, i've never heard of that before so let me, yeah, I'm finna, I'm finna pull it up in my notes. Okay. Um, Cause I, she just, my therapist, she sends me like little shit to work on. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, um, it's on one of the worksheets. So it's actually a 60 second pause. So it says a 60 second pause is the difference between the reaction and the response. Mm -hmm. So the pause that I was talking about, which is really not even a pause, the the initial reaction that I had, which was, you know, I received the 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 request or he expressed whatever he he was trying to say to me, like you want to buy these shorts or whatever, and I reacted instead of pausing. And what mm -hmm. happens after the reaction is unwanted out outcomes, and then after you realize that you received an unwanted outcome. Um, the recovery and the repair work comes, which is where I was when I walked away from the situation. I was like, damn, like, hey, I really just like, I was a people pleaser right there because I really didn't want that shit. But the way the pause method is, um, it says activation, which is you receive like the, the, um, I cannot talk tonight. You receive like the, the, the initial request, the the ask or whatever, and then you pause, which would be like a 30 to 60 second pause. And then you respond and then you're able to move forward. And then that's how you can achieve, achieve your goals and whatnot. And then it says pausing allows 
for increased discernment. With the pause, you can take a deep breath, orient, notice sensations, name feelings, consider options, and respond with more clarity. So that's what I've been kind of working towards, really in, in any situation. That's, that's fire. I'm definitely still in that. <laughs> yeah, I'll send you, um, for the people that's watching, I don't know if you, I think we posted this on YouTube, but yeah. it's like a little, I don't know if y'all can see that, but it's like a little chart that she sent me. We can, um, is that like, is that online somewhere? We can tag it in the, the description, but if we not, can, we can probably like add it to like the, the photos to the slides or something like that. Okay. Um, but you may follow us on Instagram, get on the Instagram page and then you can see the pause method. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. The pause method is how I've been, you know, trying to get through the, the whole, um, those two things that I listed. That's really good. And I, I was thinking too, I had wrote a note when you were talking about uh, people please, you know, that's something I deal with a lot too, but it is um, sometimes too overthinking can be a form of self-sabotage in a way that you, um, and we know people pleasing the self-sabotage, but you're prioritizing your need, someone else's need or a need in that situation over what you actually want in that moment. You know what I mean? And so that's something to think about too. But Mm, that was good. The pause method really it knocked me all off my flow. But um, yeah, that was good. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Thank you for asking. I wasn't even I like I, I had that picture in mind. I'm glad I got my notes out because I probably wouldn't have been able to remember all that. Yeah, that yeah. was all right. That's gonna help a lot of people for sure. I'm I'm gonna implement that in my life because I think too one of the things that I I've really been struggling with. We talked about this podcast before, but public speaking and, and impromptu speaking, even like in zoom settings like in the past it, it wasn't a problem for me to jump on a zoom and have something to say but now with this new this new role i have as chair and i think also i think it's just some feelings that i'm bubbling up towards realizing my life is potentially as a litigator um an attorney and i'm going to be in front of folks speaking all the time i've developed a bit of like i overthink when it comes to speaking publicly it's, I, I've kind of realized too, I can't speak sometimes unless I have a script. Like I, I think I'm becoming more of a script person. I have to write my thoughts down and have them prepared ahead of time um, and ready to, to like rehearsed and then be able to go up and, and speak. But I used to be able to just flow. And I think it comes from overthinking, but I've also noticed like, you're talking about like the physical response your body has to like stuff. I've noticed like sometimes I get like trembles when it's time to speak publicly. You know what I mean? So one of the ways I'm thinking about starting to learn how to cope starting in the fall is I'm going to start taking ice baths um, to help with my anxiety. I've seen on TikTok and read a couple studies about how it helps because it puts your body in the physical state of anxiousness. Um, yeah. And so it's supposed to help you be able to learn how to control your breathing through that and breathe through that. And one thing that helps me when I'm overthinking in those type of spaces and public speaking spaces is having something to um, like in my hands, like a, usually I keep, I don't know if you have it, uh, the coin we got from uh, the, the homecoming package last year from uh, the Cubes, the bros, they gave us that package with the Bitcoin on it with the 50th anniversary. I usually yeah. keep that in my hand whenever I'm speaking publicly and I'm flipping it back and forth so that I can just like my nerves can center on one part of my physical body and then I use that energy to kind of calm myself down slow my breathing down and just speak you know what I mean 
Yeah. Which I think is important because we have to know, identify our triggers, which is one of the, the ways in which you get better at overcoming your overthinking and, and in whatever way it manifests in your life. But that's one of the ways it shows up for me presently is when I'm speaking publicly, I sometimes, you know, my body has an anxious response to that and I'm unable to really get my thoughts out and really like speak clearly and concisely and slowly and one thing i would do and i'm nervous i'll run all my sentences together real fast it's like real quick you can't understand what i'm saying like what you say <laughs> you know what i mean it's yeah. like can you slow down and i was actually on a um a call the other day uh, we had a, a zoom event and i wasn't on the script I, i'm just a chair so i have to be at everything being the chair is like being the district representative basically right to give perspective over i'm over, I'm over like five states um, and I was just on the call listening. There was a, a bunch of attorneys present and the person was moderating and they said, uh, we're going to give the Mr. Chair so you can close out for the night. And I was like, what, <laughs> what do you mean? I, I don't have nothing prepared to say. And I give my little spiel at the end of the closing and the moderator attorney, she's like, woo, major, you're going to have to slow down for closing arguments. <laughs> and so, you know what I mean? So it was just like one of those moments where it's like, I know that's something I have to work on. And I know it stems from my overthinking, worrying about, well, how people are going to respond to, how people are going to think about what I'm saying? How people are going to hear what I'm saying? Am I going to mess it up? You know what I mean? Like, are people going to like uh, hate what I have to say? Are people going to do this? So I think all of that kind of plays a big role in my overthinking. And um, one of the ways in which I'm trying to learn how to manifest positive ways to overcome, overcome that. So, um, Unless you have something else, let's talk about some of the ways in which this article breaks down um, how we can overcome overthinking. So they give a list of about five examples, and we kind of already went through some of these, talking about some of the ways in which we uh, deal with it. But the first one they say is to keep habit of your triggers and patterns, like I just said. So if, as long as you can know what's actually causing you to have these feelings of, you know, overthinking and, and putting you in those types of situations, that's important to be able to identify and know so you can avoid those types of things or just get better at managing when they come up. You know what I mean? If you know you're going to be in an environment that triggers that type of thinking, you need to have something in place so that you can have the opportunity to practice, you know, the skills you learn. Right. Uh, next thing they say, it's to challenge your thoughts, you know what I mean? Because ultimately overthinking is all in our head, you know what I mean? Right. So if you ruminate about something, try to take a step back, like Joe said, and, and use that pause method, you know what I mean? Think about taking a second and really just breathing through it and slowing down and saying, is this, am, am I creating this in my head or is this actually what this is? You know what I mean? So I think that's important as well. Getting help for you. Friend. Go ahead. Before you, uh, before you go to that third one, um, a lot of a lot of overthinking and just that like that overstimulation is 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 often trauma based mm -hmm. uh, one thing one thing my therapist like got me to realize was that i was operating in a lot of the situations i'm operating out of a place um that i used to operate in when i was in the environment that caused that trauma so like now that we're here um, and the whole reason for me even going back to therapy now is so that I can unlearn that way of living and and keep um, keep the triggers that I need, basically, if that makes any sense. So because I'm because like we we 
our psyche is developed at a young age and whatever we go through at a young age, it sticks with us until we unpack it later on down the life. So whenever you're overthinking, like it's, it's, I feel like it's unique to everybody because I don't think me and Adrian overthinks the same. It's like unique to things that we've been through, unique to our own situations and stuff like that. So like you were saying, it's all about like figuring it out. And a lot of times it's, like I said, trauma-based or, you know, it, it was birthed from something that we've dealt with a while ago. Um, therapy. Self-discovery. For sure. And I think I was listening to it. I put it on my story yesterday, too, but I was listening to this episode of this podcast called The Psychology of Your 20s. And she was talking about healing your inner teen. We talk a lot about healing your inner child. You know what I mean? But your inner teen also is a lot of like, a lot of our psyche and exploratory ideas about perception. I didn't realize too, and she pointed, she caught it to my attention, which I think is a key point in my overthinking. In your teenage years is when you finally have an understanding of how like shame as a concept works, right? Because if you think about kids, kids will say anything to anybody. You know what I mean? A kid will say what they're thinking with no recall or no remorse about how somebody going to feel about it. But as a teenager, you're very conscious of of what people have to say and their perceptions of you. And I think there is a lot. And, you know, it made me think about when she said it, uh, you know, people say on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, all the Facebook, who uses Facebook anymore? Uh, Instagram and Twitter and TikTok all the time. Uh, No shade anybody who's using Facebook. We got some listeners out there still using Facebook. We don't, I don't, I'm not trying to, down y'all but i don't use facebook is what i, I am saying. <laughs> i don't use facebook anyway that's for the 45 plus crowd um if you want but, some if you want some some you want your old folks to, to cheer you on that's a good place to <laughs> get on facebook uh anyway back to what i was saying there's a the trend on social media of saying what happened to shane what happened to to um, people don't have no shame anymore. You know, people just say anything on Instagram, social media, right? And I, and I think that I know it's, it's rooted in in trying to be funny and jokes, and it's not like there's no malicious intent behind most people's posts, I assume anyway. But I think that, um, you know, knowing what the word says about shame, shame does not come from God, right? But I think that we really ingrain overthinking and anxiety and depression and all these mental uh, disorders in people in that fundamental age, like you're saying, in that in that transitional time period from that that like weird middle ground that teenage years are from childhood to adulthood, with that shame piece, right? And because you have, at least for me, I feel like you worry so much about the how you you're trying to understand how you show up in the world, and you're also trying to understand how people receive you. And then merging those two identities together puts this perception on, well, if I if I show up this way, if I act this way, if I move this way, there's going to be this connotation um, to me or this uh, connotation to me that is not, you know, what I want. And that can be shameful in a way. And so yeah. I think that's a that's a big part of it. I think you really um, hit the hammer on the head, hit the nail on the head talking about that piece there. So, and I'll put a pin in that and go back to these, these overcoming, overthinking methods that we're talking through. So I'm just going to do a quick refresh of one and two. Number one, keep track of your triggers and patterns. 
Number two, challenge your thoughts, like Joe said earlier with the pause method. Number three, get help from your friends. You know what I mean? Uh, choose, talk to somebody who you know deals with overthinking or knows how to, has already conquered it. That's important. Um, number four, move your body. That's what they said. I didn't say, I told you what I do, but I'm telling you what they said too. I recently started implementing, not recently, because I've always kind of gone for walks, but over this summer, I've been very intentional about going for like a 30 minute walk every day, right? Sundays I listen to music, Sundays I listen to the Bible, some days I just listen to the, the sounds outside. And when I tell you, it doesn't matter how I start that walk. It could be a horrible day. Everything could be going bad. My, my mind could be racing. I could have 50 things to do. Doesn't matter how I start the walk. When I end the walk, I'm peaceful. Yeah. Every time. You know what I mean? It's like my mind has slowed down. My thoughts have had time to slow down. And that's another reason why I enjoy going to the gym. I've recently been going to Orange Theory a lot. And I think it's not because it's, it's Zen like that because it's loud as hell in there. And it's intense, but I can't have my phone. And I think my phone is also a, a, one of my triggers as far as my overthinking because, you know, social media and perception and how people receive you on there. Um, I'm going to another point, but I'm going to finish this first. But yeah, so moving your body is good for that. And the last piece, like they said, like Joe been telling y'all already, therapy, uh, fine uh, seek help from a professional is what they recommend. If you are struggling with overthinking that much, go to therapy and get some help. Um, just like you would go get help for an ailment to your body, you should get help for an ailment to your your mental psyche as well. Um, yeah. So, but just real quick, go back to number one, identifying triggers for me too. I was going to say like with the orange theory piece, that's helpful for me for common my overthinking and, and the way which I approach it because. I'm not able to be on my phone, which I realized through this conversation, maybe potentially is a, a trigger for me. I'm overthinking because I, I think so much about how I'm perceived on social media and how, how I'm perceived by the outside world for people who aren't even oftentimes in like the same geographical location as I am because we're connected on social media. Right. And I recently, I haven't even, I don't think I told you this, but I recently just removed the creator distinction from my account on Instagram because the analytics were just like too much for me. And I think I was spending so much time, like even on Instagram stories, right? If my story had like upward of 900 or a thousand views, I'm like, all oh, these people watched it. How many people shared it? How many people did this? And I'm just like looking through these, like on a daily basis. And it was just like, yeah. why do I care so much about how many people saw my salad today? How many people saw that I went to the gym today? You know what I mean? And it's not that I still have the number and I still have the you know, amount of people who heard it, but I can't see all the additional analytics. And it's like, for me, I think I'm moving into a space where I desire um, a little bit more control over my thoughts. And I think for me right now, not having those type of, I can still create content and post it on Instagram whenever I get ready to and how I want to and share what I want to share, but I don't need to necessarily see all of the extra pieces that come in. And maybe this, maybe I'm losing out on potential monetization. Monetiz uh, the English language is failing me tonight. I'm sorry. Potential monetization. monetization, but that's okay 
for the uh the peace of mind that comes with it on my piece. Right. So and I was just talking about 30 minutes straight, so I'm gonna be quiet now. (laughs) Yeah. May May was in his bag for sure. Yeah. Um, But no, I can I can most definitely agree with that. Like I don't I don't I haven't really like had it as bad on stories, but I've gotten to a point where I wouldn't I can't like like when Andrew's here, I post like a couple of reels. And she had told me, like, I forgot what we was doing. Um, but I sat my phone down and probably like a couple minutes later, I ran back to it to pick it up to see like how my reel was performing. And she was like, Joe, like, check that shit later. And I, I don't know, I don't know what it is either. Like, I feel like um I can't really just pinpoint what it is, but um at the end of the day, like we all want our shit to be seen for real. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's just a matter of how, um, I guess how much, um, and what, what's been helping me out here recently is, um, actually I actually have it written on my right board, whiteboard, um, creating versus consuming. Um, and I'm trying to like move into more of a, a creating mindset so that I'm just focusing on the um the quality and the the content of the content that I'm posting mm-hmm. so that I'm not necessarily worried about how anybody else will take it because at the end of the day if I'm posting value and um people are you know eating from that then that's all I should be worried about how many how many people that's gonna ruin um you know what I'm saying? My mindset and it's going to limit me because like May said, like if I'm worried about a number, then that's going to instantly activate that overthinking, which, which is going to drop me into a hole. It's going to probably produce some stagnant periods, which it already has before. And it's going to be stuck in the hole. Um, but yeah, no, I resonated with that a lot. Um, there was something else that I wanted to talk about. You had brought up, I think it was the fourth point you had made or the fourth topic. Um, and you had said that you take, you take walks. Yeah. Uh, and at the end of, at the end of those walks, like you mentioned, listening to music, you mentioned um, listening to, you know what I'm saying? Just the, the sounds outside and just, and just being mindful. What that is, is just mindfulness. Um, I resonate with that as well, because bringing therapy back into the loop, um, topic five, my my therapist is big on the nervous system as well as like the senses, which are, which are part of the nervous system. And um, I think in my third session, she was saying like to incorporate everything that I learned and start applying your senses. So like how earlier you were saying, hey, whenever, whenever I'm ready, whenever I get ready to like perform on stage or have a speech in front of a bunch of people, like I start to tingle or something inside of me happens. That's, that's a, that's your nervous system. You know what I'm saying? That's one of your senses. Um, the, the listening, the music part, um, or listening to sounds outside. I made a post like probably like last week, just talking about some of the things that I do to kind of help me, um, develop myself just mentally. Mm. And that was actually one of the things like, my my senses and what whenever you are focusing on the five senses when whenever you whenever you focus on incorporating the five senses 
throughout your daily walk during those times you're you're promoting like a a space for um a space to be present because that's all that is you know what i'm saying like the the reason that you felt so fulfilled and like peaceful at the end of that walk is because during that walk you had one thing that you was focusing on it wasn't tomorrow and it wasn't yesterday it was that walk and that music that you was listening to and i feel like whenever whenever we do like stuff like that it's i mean it kind of like i said it eliminates like the 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 will to even want to think about anything else um so that's one thing that i do to kind of keep us huh that's not like be where your feet are facts yeah that's that's literally what it is be where your feet are um focus on something like i give you another example when i'm going to sleep like one of one of our senses is is like touch or you know what i'm saying what you feel in your skin i like to p- put my feet like outside of the bottom of the covers and like my fan the way that my fan is angled i sleep with like two fans i like to be cold as shit but the way that my fan is angled it's like almost hitting my feet and i overthink a lot but to like calm that overthinking before sleep so that i'm not running myself into a fucking anxiety attack I'm focusing on that air hitting my feet so that I'm being mindful and present of, you know what I'm saying, what I'm trying to do, if that makes sense. Um, I wonder if that's why some folks sleep with the TV on. Yeah, like it, it's, it's, it distracts you from, mm-hmm. from racing. <laughs> like that's, that's what that shit does. Me mm-hmm. personally, I can't sleep with the TV on because to me it's noise. Mm-hmm. But you know, some people, some people even sleep with, um, cause I got like this, um, I, I think it's called like an echo dot or whatever the fucking Amazon thing is. Like you, you get to turn on, um, soothing sounds. I think that's a, another thing. Um, I, I guess a TV alternative. I fall asleep to that sometimes. And sometimes I fall asleep to a, a, um, a music playlist, but I think it's the for me, it's the sound is okay. It's the light that bothers me with the TV. But yeah, yeah, the pitch black ain't the room need to be dark. <laughs> Facts, blackout curtains. I just ordered some of those. Um, but no, nah, yeah, I just wanted to um emphasize the 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 senses the senses kind of expand on what Majorian was talking about. Um. Cause you had, you had said listening to the sounds outside and that's one thing I feel like music is, is, um, I mean, that's, it's sound, but whenever you are just kind of like out in, in nature, listening to like just the, the natural shit going on, cars passing, mm-hmm. horns blowing. If you're in a quiet environment, you know what I'm saying? You can hear the wind and, and just all of that shit is super soothing and it allows you to really just take in like, whatever area or wherever the fuck you at in, in the moment and be present be present for real yeah um so yeah i think too one of the ways in which i kind of cope now that you mentioned i think about it with music i have a tendency to like listen to the same set or the same song for the whole time i was watching the whole time i was walking like today i listened to three songs the entire time i was walking and i walked for like 40 minutes that's to the same three songs over and over again. And I think yeah. that's probably a way of self-soothing as well. 
just trying to like calm my brain because I don't know. I think one of the things I'm a I'm also a, a catastrophizer, a, a catastrophe, a person who thinks about catastrophe, right? When it comes to overthinking and a way in which I calm myself down from that is if with like if I know the answer, if something is definite then it's easy for me to calm down from that. Like if I know the answer to something, if I know what's the next word on this song is going to be, I don't have to think about the decision or rationalize what goes into like figuring out the next song or figuring out the next word, which helps in my brain. I don't know how, but it helps me relax because it's like, okay. And also I'm not a person like I don't, when I'm walking with headphones on, I can't walk um, like a trail. I have to be somewhere that's uh like a loop i can walk a trail but not like a like a height you know what i mean like some people walk like in like a um i don't know i also say a forest but <laughs> nobody lives near a forest but like you know like they'll have those places where you can just kind of walk into like the the nat- nature preserve and it's kind of like you go you can go any any direction i need to be able to see straight ahead you know what i mean and see where this is going so it's just like that that stable controlled environment allows me to really like decompress, like almost like walking on the track, you know what I mean? Just a circle, you know what I mean? But at least it's outside so I can see some other stuff, but I know what's coming next. And I think that's one of the ways that really helps me center and like calm down and, and not um, catastrophize, catastrophize. Somebody tell me I say that word right this is episode because I'm sure I'm butchering it. I'm gonna go I straight. I think you're saying it right. Like I'm catastrophe, catastrophize, catastrophize, catastrophize. I'm going straight to Google. Actually, I'm going to go Google right now. Hey Siri, no, we ain't going to do Siri. We're going to do Google. <laughs> this is a essential roundtable. First, we're going to figure out how to say this word live on camera. <laughs> Catastrophize mm-hmm. sounds right. It does sound right. Catastrophic. Okay. Um, I know how to say that. There we go. Why can't I hear you? There we go. Pronunciation. Catastrophize. Catastrophize. I was close enough. You know, they knew what I meant. <laughs> but yeah, that's all I got on that dog. I, I was just thinking through some of my my self-soothing processes. And I think, you know, um overthinking is something that all of us deal with. I don't think it's something that's uncommon. And I think it's something that we can all prioritize um as far as kind of calming down and slowing down some of the craziness that we run through our minds but just know that you're not alone in that in that battle and that that we're all trying to fight it and deal with ways of coping so to review very quickly um some of the, the five tips we got the five types of overthinking are first catastrophizing as <laughs> i can say now and then after that we got the all or nothing attitude where people think that things are going to go one way or the other with no gray area in between the overgeneralizations, the jumping to conclusions and the mind reading and some ways in which you can combat this type of overthinking these overthinking 
categories. One, keep track of your triggers and patterns. Challenge your thoughts, like Joe said. Sometimes just pause and breathe through it. Get help from your friends. Move your body. And most importantly, if you need to, go to therapy. And uh, unless you got anything else, I think that's all we got for today. No, um, one thing, one thing that um, I had to like kind of realize is that none of this stuff is ever gonna go away. Um, but it's just that self work that you got to continue to do in order to, you know, just strengthen the tools in your toolbox so that whenever that overthinking and anxiety hits you, you know what I'm saying? You can, um, retaliate fast and get rid of that shit. But yeah, that's pretty much all I got. Um, good business. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Nothing. None of these podcasts, self-help books, articles are useful unless you use them in time of need. So you can listen to as many episodes of podcasts as you want to. You can read as many books and articles as you want to. But if you don't practice what you preach, it ain't going to matter. So, but that's all we got for y'all today. Another episode of the Century Roundtable podcast. Make sure you follow, rate this episode. Let us know what you think about it, how we're doing. Um, if you have anything you want us to discuss in particular, let us know. Uh, like share repost all those wonderful things we appreciate y'all for rocking with us and and staying consistent listen to us through our ups and downs throughout the seasons we love y'all central type of family and we'll see y'all next time peace